Ill fail foul do. We are now rocking and rolling into our fourth feature of the day. This is going to be with my presenting sister and sibling, Kerry Mall. So far, we've had Chris Fountain, who uh, you will remember from Hollyoaks and Coronation Street. We were then followed up by Tristan DeCuna. Uh, he's DJ producer, most notoriety will follow from Back to Basics. Uh, then we just spoke with Harry George Johns, who is the founder between behind the street food vendors, Holy Mountain Kitchen and Holy Ramen. We've got one more chat after this at seven, which is going to be with the mayor of G-Town, Danny Matthews. But for right now, we're going to be chatting to my sibling sister, Kerry. She's just come into the group. She's going to send me a little invite and then here we go. But thank you, everybody who's been locked in so far. You can listen to any of those previous uh, interviews that I've done on my Insta story. Uh, you can click on the previous lives. And what also what I will be doing is I will be uploading the content and sharing them out so you can listen in your own leisure. But now I've just clicked connect. I haven't seen this space in a while. So this is going to be a little treat. Quicker, I can't keep that up. Whoa, still connecting. Bet she's got a nap in it. Where are you, Mall? I didn't keep that. Whoop, I'd have been like, ah. <laughs> hmm, I'll cancel it and then send it again because it doesn't seem to be uh, connecting me, love. Hmm. Send it through again, my love. It didn't seem to want to connect for some reason. Send it through again if you can. Here we go. Here we go. Trust it to be yours that this does it on. Every other one has been seamless, and then the only one is you in it. It's you. I reckon it's because I was the one who actually put on airplane mode and actually screwed me over. No, no, no. I'm on airplane mode. That's the way to be. How are we doing, mate? I'm good, yeah. You've got to put it... Watch, right? I, get, I bet you get a phone call. You'll be about to reveal something so beautiful. will have reached the, like, climax, and then just as you're about to reveal it, it'll cut off because you're not on airplane mode. Well, well, I'm very busy, so it might happen, it might happen, but it's part of it, isn't it? It's part of it. You know what makes me laugh as well is that you used to wear a plane mode when all your trips to America. So this is our uh, in-joke, although it's not an in-joke, because jokes are normally funny. No, you've been, so, all right, to the audience, where was the last place you were? Today, bathroom. No, uh, on holiday, uh, not holiday, work, where was the last place? <laughs> It was the States, yeah. There you go. So, I was going to be honest, you know, a little. it was obviously a little subtle in-joke for us, but I was <laughs> like, how, how, how are you finding uh, the sort of new role that you're doing and how did you find yourself in the States? Because didn't you have to come back early because of Oh, it, it was a transition, Ben, I see it now. Go. I'm subtle. I'm subtle. You should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the most subtle guy. No, it was good. It was really cool. 
it was weird being there and then getting the notification that Trump wasn't allowing people in the UK to be there. Can you tell us the process of that? So obviously you've gone and, you know, it was picking up steam, but it didn't feel like it was anything like it is now. And talk us through while you're over there, that switch. Can you sort of take us through that? Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Me Ah. and Ben are normally... (laughs) Me and Ben normally stood next to each other interviewing other people. So you interviewing me is well weird. <clears throat> it was like that time that I had to interview you when I beat you in the bar challenge. All the crossbar yeah, challenge. Bar. All I'm the bars. Bar challenge now, mate. I'm winning in bar challenge now. I'm telling you, I'm right. Look it up. But uh, no, do you know what? Got... Before you step into where you're going, I admit that Kerry beat me twice at the bar challenge. And you also beat me once at foot goal. That is out of order. It's I wasn't even going to mention that. I didn't. I didn't actually. I thought I was just going to admit that you beat me, but then it became more painful as I said it. There's still unfinished business there. Yeah, I mean, no, you're just. It's not unfinished. I finished it. I beat you. There's nothing to finish. Anyway, anyway, I was in the States. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, so I was shooting some bits for uh, one of my clients. So we went over to the States to do some filming for a documentary and something that's coming out this year. And yeah, it was weird because we booked the flights literally on the Tuesday, flew out on Wednesday morning. It was very Ben Random, actually. <laughs> a rock and roll. Yeah. And then we got there and it was all kind of up in the air and a few, we had a few cancellations for places we were meant to be filming because things were closed. People didn't want to meet because they had like vulnerable family members, which was totally understandable. So, so some things we couldn't get in the can, which was frustrating, but you know, these things happen. And when it's safety that you're thinking about, you've got to be serious about that. It is paramount. So it was, it was fun. It was all kind of like weird. Cause I think when you're in your own, like, neighborhood or street you you know it's a change whereas I was in a completely new place so I didn't really know having expectations of what that street looked like before the coronavirus so it was yeah it was a bit eerie and it was it was always the first thing that you spoke about when you met anybody oh yeah isn't this weird and it wasn't kind of that bad in the UK at this point so like I wasn't exposed to anything that was too weird I was still getting ubers everywhere and chatting to people quite openly and fluidly and then we got kept getting the, like the BBC news notifications coming through saying like there's this many, this many, this many, and then Trump was like, yeah, we're banning all flights coming to the states from Europe, but not the UK, which it was a bit odd. Thought don't understand why, and then we were flying out due to fly out on the Saturday from Philadelphia, and then they said that Trump uh, wasn't allowing even the UK too. So we were like, gosh, we just made it in. I kind of felt a bit wow. jammy. I, well, I was speaking with uh, somebody, my first interview, Chris Fountain, uh, he was just in an Ollie Oaks and he was Tommy, I believe, in Coronation Street, good guy. Yeah. He's currently trapped in Bali. There's loads of them in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, it's a completely different uh, scenario to be involved with by dealing with this if you're, if you're sort of caught out by it in, in that manner, you know, where you can't get back or anything like that. So you managed to get in just before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could have been close. And if we'd left it any longer, we might not have been able to come back. That's what I'm saying. That would have been, that'd have been crazy still been out there. But uh, yeah. what's mad is like, obviously, uh, for anyone who's watching, me and Kerry, we used to be co-hosts. It's weird seeing your face there. Like, I want to lick it. And, <laughs> you know, ages, man. Can't lick anything these days, Ben. Be careful. <laughs> 
tell you what, after we're all let out, I'm going to be looking a lot, mate. I reckon I'll be able to pull in this after this post epidemic. You reckon? Well, well, at least it's going to happen at some point. Right. I'm going to me. Don't you worry about that. Although I do need a shave. There's one thing about seeing yourself in camera going, yeah, I need a shave. Don't worry, any viewers. I'll be shaved properly for Monday, just on face like. But anyway, what's weird is like, we used to obviously be in each other's arms, like on front of telly and everything like that. But watching you progress now, you really seem to be more enjoying or indulging at least anyway in the behind the scenes, the, the production side. And I know that was always, you know, you, you assist them with many skills. You can do it all. You can operate a camera. You can edit. You can chat in front of it. You can't dance and that. But you can do it all. I mean, right? I can. Yeah, we need to talk about this. What is that about? But my point, my point being is like, are you, you know, it seems like you're, you're opting and choosing for the produce, production side. Is that something that's conscious or just the way that sort of been, you know, your own queen in your own world, self-employed, it's sort of lent onto? So presentation's always been something that I've been good at and it's probably the skill that I am best at. Have but you, I also the, have. Have you put the Have you put the plant behind you purposely? Have you set up the backdrop behind you? Is, yeah, like the, the, you don't want to know what was behind it originally, dude. You know I don't do anything by halves. There's, I, I'm, yeah, I, you're, my, you're, my, you're my channel now. You're my channel. Look. Uh, <laughs> is it still Ked said? By the way, yeah. If, who's watching now? There's a lovely video on my old YouTube channel called Ked Said of me pranking Ben Random. Um, go and check it out. It's called something like. Um, phone in he thought so it's a phone prank it's on my home screen you'll be able to see it so go check that out that's fun <laughs> so yeah oh, no of course yeah this is the setup this is the setup yeah. i don't know if i'm going to do anything with this but I, I film most things you know you know me <laughs> but um yeah no presentation has definitely been like my top skill for like the past what eight eight years but then along with that you pick up different skills so i and film and edit and produce and do different things and I think when I chose to go self-employed nearly two years ago which is bonkers that people want videos and people want things that they can't do so I found out that yeah I was still like doing bit gigs and presenting gigs and hosting events and stuff and tapping into a little bit of local broadcast tv stuff but I could make not make more money, but like have more reoccurring jobs and clients whilst using that, that skill set and improving that skill set. I mean, geez, I've got clients in South Africa and America. That's like ridiculous that that's happened in two years. Would you, would you say as than... well, uh, one of the things that I found with men in Leeds, and maybe you'll be able to like correct me on this because you're more involved with that side, but with the editing side, I always felt like there was a lot of limitations from the material that we'd get to sort of what went out. You know, it was really like polar, I felt, with a lot of the stuff that due to time restraints of the show, maybe didn't make the show. So is that mm. maybe something as well that benefits you? You know, as you, you're saying with the presentation, the behind the scenes side, you know, you, you know what wants to go in there as opposed to it maybe not making it due to a time restraint, which is criminal in a way, but obviously it's, it's how it is. You know more than ever about my work ethic and I will put as much into a story as I can, even if it means working more hours. And yeah, that is frustrating with TV. You've got a deadline, you've got a bloody show to put out at a certain time. So you have to turn things around quickly. And sometimes creativity can take a hit on that. 
with so my just the pause on that before you go to the next bit you know because you are as creative as you are functional and sometimes people are either one or the other and uh i'm i put myself in the creative side where i think that should be in but then i understand that but you're quite linear you're in the middle with that i'd say so how do you find that how how do you find that like sacrificing certain bits i think you've got to think about your audience so if you know that you've got an audience and there's a piece of material that you're thinking yay or nay on, if, if, this, if that appeals to the audience that are going to be watching it, and it's hard with the lowdown that we used to present because we had a quite a broad demographic, whereas if you're doing a music show which is focused on rock, for example, you're not going to put some country shit in it. <laughs> so it's like, I think you have to think about that. And, and it's different with TV than it is with like doing stuff with my clients because sometimes they'll give me complete creative freedom and I'll go off with it and they'll be happy with it. And then some clients are a bit more strict and they want exactly their way. But, but with that, is that down to timing? Do you ever say, right, this is the project, I believe it should be this length because of what you've captured? Or are they more resilient with, nah, I want it to be this length and you're, you know you're making to a certain time frame? I'm pretty flexible. So I plan out what I'm going to shoot and whether we're presenting stuff. So when we used to go out, we didn't really, we literally booked it for tomorrow. We turned up, we read the bloody bio, the description in the car on the way there. We got there, we just rocked it and then came back and said, right, make something out of that, Harry. <laughs> it was completely different. So like actually going, right, okay, I'm a, I'm a business and I've got a client who's going to pay me this much amount of money to, to produce a, a promo video or something like that. So it, it's different. Because, yeah, we were getting paid whether or not the content was good or bad. So that even... But we all, we all, we always put out, we, all, we always made it as good as it could possibly be. And, and, and I think we were more stubborn in that sense, being like, no, that's got to be in, that, that, that's great, that's good content. And then as the show developed, and I think when the show developed, when we were no longer doing the show together, things went short form, it had to be two minutes in length. So we did have those caps and we had to... We had to make things from, 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 from what we had, and we had to tell a story better, if anything. I think the more you do, the more you know how much time, like two minutes is a long time. You can tell yeah. a really freaking good story in two minutes. Fair. With the cuts. James Carr, this mate, how are you doing? <laughs> James and um, Ben, this is, this is the guy, this is a bit awkward, he, he replaced you. Ah, I'll do, James, you all right, pal? He's sound, he's proper sound. I met him once at um, the, I want to say, Leeds Fest. There were a pre-meeting, sort of like, they did an announcement, a pre-announcement, and you were both there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sound, sound. Who were better? Ah! Me. With you both here right now, I can, couldn't possibly comment. Uh, as if I'd put you on the spot anyway when we both know the answer. No, we did meet. I respect him, man. I respect him. You know what it is? I, you know, I feel like uh, when I look back at the what was expected of us with what we had at Made in Leeds, I felt like they got a lot out of us. Too right. Too, how do they fit the, these two personalities on a screen anyway? <laughs> do you know what, though? That is some of the best matchmaking ever. It's weird, isn't it? Didn't you just like roll into a shopping mall and someone picked you up from Star Made or something? Nah, <laughs> so what happened is uh, for me, I uh, DJed at Morning Gloryville, which was um, basically it's a morning rave where you don't get on it. 
which is difficult. Uh, there's no booze supplied or all like that. It's just all good, natural, high-energy vibes. So I DJed there, smashed it, to be fair. And then uh, Made in Leeds went, and Fran was there. And I think they were doing, like, just some talking heads. And then she was like, oh, I really like what you're about. And then anyway, she took my number, didn't think all about it. And then she got in touch, and I was like, oh, hey, who's this? And I remember, and this is, this honestly, it was a proper changing moment in my life, right? I was on my way to Manchester to go watch Tame Impala, and uh, I was stopping at my mates, and I was going to watch Tame Impala, Jaguar Mile on the Thursday. And at the time, my phone, like, all I could do was one bell because it had no credit. And, like, this number kept coming. I was like, who's this? Who's this? And then it was Fran. And then I had no signal on train. She was like, you need to ring me. I've got an opportunity for you. I'm like, who are you? She's like, we met her. And then she explained it. She was like, oh, no way. But I couldn't ring her back. So I had to one bell her and then pray that she wouldn't think I'm a cheeky northern bastard. One bell in. And then she do you know what I used to do when I had no credit? I, well, this is what back in when I was back in the school. Remember 0800 reverse? Nah. So you, you'd, be, you'd be able to call 0800, and then this is the days where, like, reverse, you have to type, you used to have the three letters on each number, oh, yeah, and you'd yeah. go, like, one, two, one, two, one, two, three. So, you, so you'd, you'd, you'd do 0800, and then whatever letter landed on the number that spelt reverse, you typed right. that in, you called it, and then it said to you, leave your message at the tone. So what would happen is the person would pick up and go, Kerry wants to call you. Do you accept the call? So what I used to do was, I used to call it, and you'd have like two seconds. I'd be like, Dad, I'm at the shops, come pick me up, please, now. <laughs> I'd like send the message, you'd go, cool. He would decline it, and then come pick me up. Oh, mate, that's a hustle. Genius. That's a hustle. Well, I didn't have that uh, access, but uh, anyway, that's how I got involved with the Maiden Leeds family. She brought <laughs> Serendipity. Me and then, uh, yeah, I, I was hosting on a Star Maid, which ironically was looking for a host. And then the right like me, uh, Dave McCormack, shout out to Dave McCormack every day. He was the one that spotted the, the ability. Not going to say anything about Jamie because you've got no nice to say. You don't say anything at all. But Dave McCormack's an absolute legend. And uh, yeah, that's how I got brought into the family. And that was it then. And then, to be fair... Uh, our station manager, whose name's right, slipped me mind. Wow. Wow. Jonathan. Jonathan. Fucking hell. That's, uh, yeah, Jonathan. He put us together. And uh, I remember walking in. I was like, all right, yeah. All right, all right, sound. And then I don't know, man. Like, it was just natural. It was just authentic. And I remember saying to you at the very early start, I was like, and I think you said it me, uh, you were like, whatever happens, like, because we knew there was a bond there. Like, whatever happens, like, we can't let it get in way at bond. So it was, it was always, it was always... It was weird, wasn't it? It was weird. It was totally two random people brung together, and it just worked, didn't it? You no, know, it properly worked, sis. You know, like, it was, it was blessed, mm -hmm. man. It was definitely, definitely good vibes. But, good times. obviously, post that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your own self-employed sort of style. Um... Is there aspirations to maybe get back into that, that world again, you know, get back in front more of the camera? Like, where are you at at the moment? Because, as you say, you've taken on these contracts. Is it is there a good balance between your own side of creativeness or are you sort of <clears throat> allowing that to fester for the time being? And then get I'm always there? trying to do stuff towards the destination of where I want to go, which is... I'm gonna wanna, I'm gonna wanna be hosting some. I don't, it changes. Things change with time, as, as everything does. I always said, oh, I want to host my own show, and it would probably be on the likes of ITV or Channel Four. I've always said that. 
things have changed and, and I, I don't necessarily want to have my own show anymore, but I would love to do documentaries. I, over the past, it sounds so corny, but like over the last two months going self-employed, bear in mind, I quit my job with no plan. It was a huge risk. I just knew at that time it wasn't where I was meant to be. And um, I mean, people will probably know that the, lo the local TV station that I was working at, they had to make cuts to be able to survive, like a lot of companies have to do. I was running a team that had gone through two mass redundancies across the board. Morale was super duper low. And it got to, and I drove my team into as much positivity. You know me, Ben, I'm super positive. My glass is always freaking half full. And I'm always trying to do the best I possibly can and put my all into everything. And that's why I work too long. But it got to a point where I was like, this is actually affecting me way more than I thought it ever could. Hey, Holly Pywell! <laughs> Holly Pywell, I used to live with Holly Pywell in Leeds. I've now moved to Manchester now. Oh, I'll check you out. So, um, yeah, I just knew I had to get out. And I was working with them, a really, really good friend of mine. And he was like, you can't go. And I was like, I have to do this for me. And I left. I had no plan. I had like 1,500 pounds as a buffer. And I didn't work. I didn't get any work for about two months. And I used it all. I was paying full rent still at my place. And uh, <laughs> Holly just waved at her phone. Of course she did. We all did it. <laughs> and... I was like, okay, because the thing is, when you put yourself in a position where you have to do something about it, it makes you do things. And I always thought, right, people who who went through those redundancies, they were given four weeks. They had to kick themselves at the butt and they had to do something. Whereas if you if you, if there's no timing on something, sometimes you put things off and you procrastinate. So I, I, I jumped in the deep end. I didn't know what I was doing. It was really hard. Like, it was really tough. And it took me a long time to kind of build myself up and be productive. And, geez, I, I haven't run a business before. And, and the business was just me. So... I just worked things up slowly and slowly and started getting one thing. And then once I got the first thing, it just kept rolling. And I didn't really have to look for work. One, you know, I built up a lot of contacts that made in Leeds that wanted stuff doing that was kind of commercial as such. And I don't really yeah, like doing. Yeah. And um, so things just kept, kept, kept moving forward. And then I was trying to still... Because the thing is, and, and, and you'll know as a, as a freelancer as well, is that when you are freelance and you're not tied into a job where you're constantly having to turn up every day, do your thing, hit that kind of climax when you've got that show that you're pushing out and then next day you do it again, you've actually got a bit of breathing space to concentrate on bigger projects. I mean, look at your tour. You wouldn't have been able to write that if you didn't have the time to do it. So it, I was able to put some time aside and, 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 and work on things. And some of those I haven't started doing yet. But presenting is my is my jam and what I'm, I'm best at yes i'm a good camera operator and i can edit some really nice videos together and that's fine and that's paying my bills and i enjoy that but i want to get more into the the videos online and creating more of a profile for myself because as well as doing all the stuff that i do which is production and what's james saying yeah I just read he's super cute he's such a good guy i love you james Bless you. um i i i work for charity as well so there's an awesome charity in leeds called sunshine and smiles and they support well we support i'm part of the charity now for two years um people and children who have down syndrome and they're an awesome charity and i you know serendipity again i met them just doing a shoot in with made in leeds 
that shoot that I wasn't even meant to do. And then I just kept seeing them at these events. It was really weird. It's like I was meant to meet them. And then I, just for TV purposes, we were there at this event and they were like, oh, do you want to sign up for the Yorkshire Three Peaks? And I was like, yeah, I'm such a good person. I'll sign up. They didn't think that I was actually going to do it. And I ended up going with the, the, the service manager, Aleth, who's a really good friend of mine. Ended up staying with her family in Newcastle to run a half marathon. And it just like kept going and going and going. And now I, I offer them support online, help them with their, with their website and newsletter and, and make videos for them and help with the sessions. And I've learned so much from that charity and just general kind of self-development throughout this um, like year and a half that I just want to help people. And I want to, I want to use my skills to encourage people to understand their minds and be able to be really, really positive and help people in, in, in good ways and try and just, cause there are, there is this a lot of positivity and it's coming through right now while the coronavirus is going on. Like, geez, it's weird how communities are coming together when we can't actually see each other. Mm. Like it's and, mad. And that, it's the, it's the, it's the manner that people have uh, been creative. And obviously through social distancing, how we are, con you know, contacting one another or keeping in touch with one another and keeping people's spirits up. It's, it's the imagination that people are really, really shining to, to still be relevant and be in touch. Exactly, exactly. So in a, in a nutshell of what I want to do is that, yeah, I want to... I want to focus more on my presentation and I want it to go into TV because I want it to have a platform where I can make a difference, which sounds really corny, but I'm not, I'm not doing something to make a difference and I want to be anybody. I genuinely want to push positivity into the world in a way that is entertaining. Um, I, I, sorry, just to cut you, but one thing that I see um, is uh, with the charity that you've been, have you also been giving them like presenting lessons? I noticed that one of the lads there was uh, doing some presenting that you'd like done which was properly cool i really like how, how you were giving your expertise to them yeah well there's there's amazing people who who access sunshine and smiles and george who's one of my friends he's just been in a short film which is super duper cool so he's now got an agent and it's just awesome and there's a, there's a group of really talented people there my mate francis he is just a, he's got so much rhythm, more than me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs, he needs, he needs a stage. He's insane. And just the amount you get, um, like there's so much positivity with, um, with people who've got Down syndrome. And they say all the time, you know, people are very smiley, but they're generally awesome people. And uh, I just love, I love being around the people who access the charity. So I, I, I just enjoy it so much. Are you able to get back then when you live in Manchester? Are you able to, do you still do your, because I know you were volunteering and doing, was it a couple of days a week or one a week or are you, are yeah, you so, able to incorporate that? Yeah, I do a mixture of like volunteering and paid work. So some of the stuff that I do online, there's a budget for for the charity, but then sessions that we run. So at the moment we're doing them on Zoom, which we thought wouldn't be possible. We've got a singing session tomorrow, which is going to be interesting. Um, are you feeling so I used to be Pardon? Are you feeling Zoom? Yeah, I like Zoom. Do you feel it? I've uh, I've had a little gander at it, and I've not dived in yet. But I feel I feel it. Uh, I feel I can jump on it. Are you smiling because my brother's just joined? Yeah. The male. <laughs> <laughs> the tag team's about to start against me now, innit? Exactly. Hey, he had my back earlier about the yeah, dance moves, and he hasn't even seen me back, dancing. He's always got your back. Yeah. Bam, bam, yeah. Bam, yeah. But no, sorry. Mm. Go on. Uh, you were. Uh, saying yeah so 
I used to, um, I primarily help them like taking, I used to take photos for the website and stuff like that. And I used to go to the cafe, 21 Co in Hesley. If you're based in Leeds, you have been to 21 Co Cafe. It's the best place ever. It's on Otley Road, old Arndale Centre. It's now Heatherly Central. Um, right near Sainsbury's, the best cafe. Honestly, it will light up your day. It's an awesome cafe. Um, so sometimes I, I used to work there, but now I've moved to Manchester. No, I'm not going to be working at the cafe anymore, and I won't be able to attend their sessions. But like when we have like big group meetings and we have like big events, I will go to Leeds for those, and I'll still be able to support them online because that's remote anyway. Uh, James has had to shoot, but he says uh, keep up the good work. So he sends his love, respect to James. I've got time for him, man. I've got time for him. He's my a great brother, guy. My brother is just piping up. He's on his lunch break and uh, he's come to check you out. So, uh, standard. Um, how are you adjusting to Manchester? And also, was that at the back of your mind as well, knowing that Media City is uh, obviously <coughs> such an impactful uh, prospect? Well, the reason I came to Manchester, different, well, different reasons... I had some screen tests last last year for potential things for children's TV, and my parents own this flat in Manchester, because Greater Manchester area, and they've been trying to get me in here for blooming ages, and their tenant had moved out last year or the year before, so it was like available, and they were like, I mean, you know, whether to sell it or not, and at this point, I had I was either not in Leeds kind of shooting in different places in the UK. Some of it, most of it was in Yorkshire, but then we had, I had stuff like in South Africa and, 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 and about. So filming them and then I'd have like a couple of weeks worth of editing. So I was just sat at my desk for most of the time. So, so it didn't feel like uh, a base was a specific, you know, like before Leeds was your base because of other things, but it felt like you could transferably pick up what you're doing elsewhere. Yeah, I was like working remotely most of the time. I was mostly out of Leeds or in my room editing, you know. So I thought, well, you know, is it going to be much of a loss? And I, I, I was so, I'm so attached to Leeds and I, I will move back there. And I thought, right, this is just temporary. And my sister started at university. And I thought, oh, well, maybe we can both move in the flat and then we can split rent and then we can save money. And then, you know, that, that's a good thing. My parents will like us both being there because I'm a little bit closer to Wales. So I can just go and see them. And my sister had a baby. So it was all these things was, were telling me to move to Manchester. And then I I got, I nearly got, this is this is this was huge, but it's it didn't happen. Exclusive. So <clears throat> you are. Is this an exclusive? This is an exclusive, guys. Yeah, loose lips, exclusive, exclusive. exclusive. This is <laughs> loose lips. They're so loose, it's all coming out. Um, no, I was, um, I was nearly going to be the next Blue Peter presenter. Oh fuck! You'd smash that. It would have been children's presenter. I was like, nah. I was like, I can see it, but nah. But Blue Peter, yeah. It would have been sick, mate. It would have been a bigger version of the lowdown. And I got into the last um, 10 or 12, and then I didn't get and then didn't get past that round. But then at this point, I, I was moving to Manchester anyway. Things were, were settled in Leeds and stuff. So that didn't happen, which would have been amazing. But there's something bigger around the corner, and I've been doing some really cool stuff since not getting that. So And also, they can't even really make the show anymore because of the coronavirus. So jokes on you. So, <laughs> But no, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. I would have loved that job. It would have been. It would have been. I was upset when I didn't get it. I was really bummed out. But um, bigger things. When when was this? What time frame was this? That that sort of uh, was. So that was more recent. That was like February. Oh really? January, Feb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Why don't you reach out to me, sis? Early 2020. I don't know. But I think well, if I got it, then I probably would have. Oh, but, I was so disheartened. Oh, oh, if I'd have got it, I'd have been like, ah, I got it. But, you know, why you get there with commis- I'd have been there. I don't know, because I think I told so many people that I didn't get it. And then I just thought, I was just like, right, move forward, move forward. I don't want to dwell. I don't want to tell more people, oh, this is something I didn't get. This is something I failed at. Which, by the way, people who are tuning in right now, failure is really fucking important for progress, okay? Yeah, of course it is. I was speaking with uh, somebody earlier, Tristan Nakuna, who's an amazing DJ and producer, back to basics, club night in Leeds, longest running club night on the planet. And uh, we were discussing and I said, I feel that people have to be used to just being shit. Like, you're allowed to be shit at something at the very start because then that gets you going because when you get better at it, you acknowledge the ground that you're making and that's why you get better. So... Obviously, in this instance, you know, you can look at it. A failure sometimes as a word has such like uh, a definition to it. But I don't necessarily think that it should have that that stigma around it. It's like we all failed. You know what I mean? It's like we should embrace it sometimes. There's always a lesson in it. There's always something that maybe it's not down to you. Maybe it's what they're working for. How can you better yourself? As long as you have that sort of oomph and that mentality and that belief and that desire in your ability and we go again we go again that's it man we just keep going it's like we're not doing it you're not going to be defined by a role of blue peter you're going to be defined by the path that you continue to keep moving on to and, and grasping and reaching do you know what i'm saying and, and also no one remembers no one cares so uh, that's what i always got to remember is no one cares people might talk about it for a couple of days or a week and then everyone forgets about it yeah but who, who to be fair like the people that are talking about it, not going to be talking about it uh, in like some kind of detriment to it. And also, it's like, it's respect like that it's there, if you get me. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're on the precipice of it all. It's like, surely, now that you're in Manchester, getting down to that stage from how many people have applied, you know, there's always an email that you can send, or is it all that's about, or you're on the radar. Do you know what I mean? And even that's Oh, yeah, the exposure there. is great. The exposure is unreal. So, yeah, man. So, do you, do you feel then that uh, Manchester... Which bit of Greater Manchester? Simply. I don't know where that is. Is it... What's it near? Sale? Withenshaw? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it on the uh, tram line? Yeah. Then why don't you come see me DJ, yeah? Why don't you come see me DJ? Where are you yeah? DJing it? Where are you uh, DJing? Northern Quarter all time. Well, you ain't DJing any- anywhere at the minute, yeah? Oh, mate, that is a shock. That is an out of order shot. That that is, you know what? That is such a shot. I've been here for a month, mate. I got here, moved in, then I was in the states, then I got back. When have I had time to come see America? Shut Ah, up. So bringing it back, how you were just into America? You (laughs) are. I actually didn't mean that. That was a genuine slip of tongue. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a knobhead. To Manchester, mate. Joe Nisbet! Ah! Joe! When this is done, me and Kerry are going to knock on your rent store and just go, your ways are good in there. Ah, we Kerry, that's what we're always yeah. going to do. I'm going to shake your parents' hand I'm gonna, and I'm going to stroke your little head. <laughs> but no, how you were just into Manchester? I'm, I'm in a bubble at the minute. I've not been able to explore. So I moved in and then I had like, because moving is a pain, isn't it? Mm. It takes way more time than you think. And that's especially not... When going, especially when you go in the distance you're going. It's not like you're moving like down the road or all like that. Yeah, exactly. So moving everything in and then 
that took about five days and then I had to like pick up work and, and, and do some stuff. You know like Joe? <laughs> well, Nesbit. Remember Nesbit? <laughs> Nesbit and Nisbit, the, the difference between it is so much. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you feel that, um, you know, you've learned to, what was really strong early in what you were saying is the grasp of you've never done a business, so it's beyond anything else. So it is your business now. It's not just uh, essentially a career, but you're also looking at the business behind the scenes, the admin, the paperwork, that sort of like head flaggy stuff, but you've got to get your head around it. So... One thing you said is, obviously, when we were at Made in Leeds and we had the lowdown, we had to continually make a shot and, you know, do that. But how do you, how do you juggle the deadlines? How, how do you sort of manoeuvre what you work with now? And how do you, because, you know, be resolute with your time frame of giving specific time to that shoot? Is that quite hard to manage and juggle? I think you have to just manage your expectations. So I always say it's going to take longer than what it is, and then you're going to please the client when you get them early. So say this is what it is, and then so if you, you're you able over, to... You overestimate. Yeah, yeah. But then a lot of the time, <clears throat> because I rate myself, and I'm like, oh, I can do this, and I can edit this in like eight hours, and some things I can do super-duper quick. But then if I have an idea while I'm in edit, I think, ooh, that can make it a bit better. I'll put in the extra time and I normally work more than what I quote because I want it to be the best it can be. And if they come back with feedback, then I'm going to do that. And then, then I think of something else. So I think if you just overestimate your time and say, oh, I'll get it with you within 14 days and you get it with them in six, they're going to be chuffed and they'll probably buck you again. Um, but in terms of timings, I just, I just, I think it's so hard to set yourself deadlines when it's literally you and you're the only person I'm accountable to is you. Exactly, me. exactly. And I, I, that's one thing I want to sort of delve into. How you really, because you've always, you, you are sensible. You try to give it big licks and that, but you are right, sensible. You are, right? So, calculated risks. That's all it is. It's calculated risks. That's all it is. Because there's, there's, you know, there's, there's sensible and then there's, you know, you can you can go out there and, and, and make big moves, which I do do as well. You said do do. Do do. What you do do. You said that in your set. Ah, uh, yeah, but I revealed it as a joke. Yes. You know my you set did. better than me. Jeez, don't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone watching, Kerry edited my set, and what I asked her to do was. Uh, Not just the set, can we just say, like, we went to Leeds, Manchester. London, and then I also combined it with Australian footage, which was just bits of it that I had to make into a tour. It was a nightmare. He's been my worst client. <laughs> no, it was all fine. It was all fine. It just took fucking ages. <laughs> no, bless you. But no, you know, like, it, it, yeah, the business side of it, has, has that been something um, difficult to manoeuvre and grasp, or has you just sort of take it in what? stride? I think, right, you, you've just got it, right? The, 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 the best thing you could do if you're the only one who's accountable for yourself is just, like, give yourself a break. And when I say that, I don't mean, like, have as much time off as, as you want. Because, like, I'm productive when I'm totally in something, but I'm also really unproductive too. And you've got to just go easy on yourself. If you want to have a two-hour lunch break or you want to go off and do something that is important to you, which isn't necessarily something you're getting paid for, like, that's fine. Don't be hard on yourself because... You're only going to think that you're unproductive if you're criticizing yourself for using time that isn't on work. So if you want to go and do something, go and do it and don't beat yourself up for doing that. Do what you want to do. That must, I hear that, but 
But then at the same time, you do lock in for like 12 hours. I can do. This, it, it, goes, it goes back to things that you have to do. Like, so here's an example. We flew to America on the Wednesday, right? Wednesday morning. And on the Monday, I did a shoot on the Monday evening in Leeds, in Harrogate. And I drove back to Manchester on the night. I got back at one o'clock in the morning. And then I got up on Tuesday morning because I had an edit, the one I shot on the Monday night, to turn around before I flew out on the Wednesday. And I turned it around and I got it in because I had to. And you can always do that. And it's like anything. It's like if, when, when, when you're put in a situation where you have to do something, you have to, you have to deliver. So it's like when personal things come in, interrupt your, your business life or anything like that, you're going you're gonna to run away and, you, and, and you're going to help whoever you can, you know, and you're still going to be able to keep up your workload if something interrupts that. You just have to, you have to just boost yourself. But do you know what you've just said there, right? And my brother said skills, respect. It was skills, right? Like, for me, well, I, I work better like that. And I sometimes struggle when I don't have that. Like, you know, like, when I was on train with you and uh, Smash Leads, I still don't believe I was... Another time that I had to listen to a set all the way through, by the way. Nah, but then on the way to London, you did, didn't you? I had to, I, I was like whispering it to you on train. Literally whispering his set, right? And I'm like, ha ha! <laughs> no, all that stuff I wasn't because I knew exactly. I could have said the jokes. No, I could have I said added, the. I added some new bits in, and you were like, "Oh, I like how you've added that." And I was like, "Oh, she's been paying attention. Fair play." But like, I knew I had to deliver, and I think like there's something in that that pressure. Whereas you know, I where I see that I struggle, and what I'm trying to improve myself is with my discipline of Johnny McGuigan. Is, so I'm listening. Go on. I, no, no, it's all good. Is uh, what I want to, what I, I want to be able to do, and one thing that like, I really admire about you, and why I'm sort of delving into the business side of it, is how you structure it. Because for me, I love that pressure. If I had to do that, I'd be like, right, I'm on it. But if they're like, oh, deliver this by like no timeline, I'm like <clears> four <throat> months in, and you're like, all right, all right, all right, you know, like yeah. So I set deadlines with my clients. So I'll go right. So, so I would say that I would submit something. So if I shot something, I'd have it within them within two weeks. That's but, my. But do you set deadlines for your own stuff? You know how you know how do you cross that? How how? As I think. It's what do you mean like, own stuff? Like Ked said, or any of your own personal like blogging or anything like that. Do you set a deadline to that? Like for example, that you did a a little quick quarantine video didn't you that felt very in the moment i've got an idea i'll execute it boom <clears throat> done quick turn yeah yeah <clears throat> at the same time is there other things where how do you balance like not everything can be that quick turnover so how do you set a, a deadline for your own personal stuff and is there any skills or keys that you can lean to well tell me to, to how you keep to it <clears throat> so I used to, so I, I, I used the Google Calendar that we used. To. Did we use Google Calendar when we were at Lowdown Leeds? I know we, we used to put paper on the wall at one point, but, <laughs> but do you remember that? Jeez. So I'm trying to see, right, Monday, they Friday. Oh, God, it's so amateur. So um, did we use Google Calendar? We used their calendar, but I, I weren't, I weren't about that. I just wanted a text. 
But what yeah. is in Google Calendar any different colours? No, so what I used to do is I used to like book in like three days ahead what I was going to do. But the problem was is I wasn't hitting what I planned to do that day because yeah. things came through, phone calls happened. And, yeah. and then I would feel shit if I didn't do what I did that day and it's making me feel bad. So I was like, right, I'm deleting everything out of the calendar. Got rid of everything. The only thing I put in there was actual things of the times. Like say I had a meeting at one point. I was shooting this day. That's the only thing I put in. I didn't put in, I'm going to edit it this time. I allowed myself the day to go, right, I'm starting this. And what you've got to do is you've got to focus your energy. So I can say to myself, right, because anything that's big is super daunting, right? Your tour was daunting, right? And it did, and, and, and I learned from that. I could have got your tour done quicker than what I turned it around because the, the, the size of it, scared me and I thought I'm going to be doing it for a long time but as soon as you start something and make little developments on something then you actually you know you 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 develop and you and you get further on that journey so I would just start something and because because sometimes and you'll know this because you, you you get into a, a a script or a piece of work and then you might be doing it for hours and hours and hours before you know it's four o'clock in the morning so I start something and if I'm feeling it, I'll keep going until I don't feel it anymore and then I'll do something else. And that's really worked for me. And sometimes, yeah, I will go for hours and hours and hours and that's fine. But I think just don't hold yourself up to a massive expectation because you're always going to let yourself down. I respect that. Do you feel that sometimes some things that you might not be feeling, but you know you want to get back to, it's almost like it loses its like oomph. And how then do you get yourself back to that? Like, I've got someone that's been on shelf for about <coughs> five weeks and it can be blitz, but I'm just not in that place to deal with it. And I think where we're similar is like what we put across, people feel because we're in it and we won't just create for sake of create or putting something out because it's not real. It's not a vibe. And like our skill is people connect because we're being real with what we're putting across. So I wonder if with you being more business focused in a sense of you've got your deadlines and stuff but juggling your own personal outlet how you then manage to maneuver that in and still you know not be like well i'm not feeling it put it to shelving before you know it like like me for example it's five weeks like these chats are cool because i can hit live and i'm in do you know what i'm saying but when you've got to you know refine it and you know what i'm saying so i wonder if how you juggle that or balance that or if you've faced it in fact so there's, 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 there's two things you can do in that circumstance. So I've got an idea for a video that I, I wanted to make, and I had the idea last week. And when I got the idea, I was super excited, and I scribbled down all my ideas for it, and I wanted to make it then because I wanted to turn it around. And I was super excited for it, and my energy was all there, and it happens with any big ideas. And if anyone has ever read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, you'll totally understand where I'm coming from, would really re recommend it, Ben, you'd love it. Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert. And she talks about big ideas that come to you and you get super excited and sometimes you put them off. Maybe it's because you're scared of failure. You'll think, well, if I put this out into the public eye, am I going to get all that scrutiny coming back? Is this any good? You start doubting yourself. And then there's other people that go, grab, they grab it and they do it. And it might work, it might not work, but they do it. And what happens with ideas is that if you don't take them, there's someone down the line that 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 idea goes to and then they did it and you're like well I had that idea well you didn't fucking do anything about it so someone else was able to pick it up so I've got this idea that I got last week that I really want to make and what I did was as soon as I get an idea I scribble all, all, all it down and like right now I've still got the energy and I still want to do it and I'm going to make it over the next few days 
But sometimes, because there's been things that have been on the shelf for years, and it's there, the material's there, and I could pick it up. Sometimes you've got to let things go. If the energy isn't right, or it's, maybe it's timely, maybe you'll think, well, that would have been good two years ago, but actually I can make something better with a different idea. You have to just let things go sometimes. And because what can happen is you have a build with things that you maybe haven't hit. You I'm love that cat, don't sorry, you? My cat just tries to uh, jump in, but I'm listening. So there's things you can't hit. <laughs> Honestly, we're all locked in. Go on. There's some things, right? So, so you, you get all these ideas and things that you want to do and they build up and you're exciting, excited, excited. And then sometimes that list gets a little bit high. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to fall off all these things. And some things are not worth the time that you're going to put in, right? There might, you, might, you might have effort that you want to put into something that could make a difference or it could be really useful for somebody. You know, put your energy into that. Well, there might be something that is, is, is a bit small that maybe not, might not have a big difference. But I'm not saying just do things to make a difference. If you want to make something, go and make it. If it's going to fulfill you, go and do it. Um, but sometimes if it's something that you've just sat back, sat back and not done, not done, there's a reason you haven't picked it up. So you, you let it go and that's fine. It's okay to let things, let things go. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Danny Matthews is uh, my guest next, and he's applauding. My brother says he proper licks your ass. He goes, proper <laughs> bubble of energy. And then he went wheeler up in a sense of like, that's a bar, yeah. like, you should be like spitting it back again. So that is a, that is a prop to you. Uh, I want to end with this, Kerry, if this is cool. You've always been a, a, a lady who, uh, shall we say, does well. But you see, we'll be right in love at minute. Oh, here we go. We talk about relationships. Yeah, mate. You seem to be right in love. I am, yeah. Has someone proper caught you? Someone's proper caught you. You know, no one's ever going to get me. No, no, no. Someone's proper caught you. I can see it in your eyes, mate. You're proper smitten. So how, how's that been, man? Because, you know, you, you deserve it much. Yeah, no, it's really sweet. So we, my girlfriend, Maddie, who I met so weirdly on the set of a horror film, in the northeast we both got cast in this film and we met there and obviously there was a kiss scene so <laughs> it just happened so um that 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 happened and she's awesome she and i've learned so much from her too and she has taught me a lot about like what's really important and treating yourself well and and, and self-reflecting and being grateful and she's taught me how to do yoga which is so cool and just to like take a breather and that you don't have to go 100 miles an hour all the time and not knowing what you want to do is actually fine because there's so many people in the world right now who have a lot of self-doubt and they don't know what they want to do and we're fed this system from when we're a child okay so we, 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 we we're born we go through the education system and then we're men to have a family and then we're men to have this job and then we die right no fuck that we don't have to go to university and yeah and I'm saying this I did go to I did go to university and luckily I I have always been interested in the media and I didn't think I was going to be a presenter I just kind of got into that when I was at university um but I've always always interested in, in in making videos and that kind of thing. So I, I was lucky to, to know what I wanted to do and I followed that. But I know so many people who have not gone to university who are doing the same thing as me at a higher, much higher, higher level. And we don't need to follow the system. We don't we don't need to do things that we think are the right thing and this order that we need to go into. And actually 
understanding more about yourself and your mind and how it works is actually way more important. And I've learned so much over the past couple of years from Maddie and from various different things that I've involved with about how your mind works and how to put it into whatever you want. Like, for the six people who are, are we two of them? Are we two of them? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right? Honestly. Hundreds, if not 10. <laughs> this world is completely limitless and no one needs to put any limitations on anything you can literally do whatever you want to do and it isn't instant nothing is instant put your energy into what you care about and what you think is important and it will happen like and, and i'm not saying that this is all dreamy shit seriously work hard and do what you want to do there's so many people who are in jobs right now who just do the job to get paid at the end of the month right which is fine and people have different they get satisfied with different things. People are really focused on family and they and, and they, they maybe like slightly enjoy their job, but they want to just get home and spend time with their family and they live for their weekends and going out. That's super cool. But how about getting paid for something you fucking love? How cool is that? And spending your day doing something you love. And I think it's super important and anybody can do it. I quit my job. I had no money and I just had these skills that I was like, right, I'm just going to see if I can get paid to do it. And people pay me to do it. I literally get paid to make videos and it's ridiculous. And you've just got to be grateful for that and just do what you love and just don't let it stop you. And then something will happen. And don't rely also on other people making it happen for you. Make your own destiny and do the things and your paths will genuinely align. Mate, honestly, you are ace as fuck. Like, I right, love you. You have a permanent place, not just in my heart, but in my brothers, in my aunties, and my mums. You are a proper part of the Brown family. Uh, thank you for those ending solid words. You seem, honestly, you seem like in a proper beautiful place. You do, you seem like really, that bit there as well, I never felt like you were almost on that like, spiritual tip. Like, I don't want to put that term on it, but you know, you seem like, yeah, a bit more zen and a bit more, present with your energy as opposed to like just 100 mile an hour and wearing yeah. yourself down which I, you know i always used to have a word because it was well, you know i wanted the best for you do you know what i mean so it's good and to totally see. it's good to and see on that you. like the, the amount of times ben used to say when we were on shoots the universe and i'd be like you fucking hippie <laughs> but i totally get it now mate i'm in it's the 10 year gap in? <laughs> yeah i'm fucking in <laughs> About time. <laughs> uh, but no, mate, it's been amazing to catch up. Uh, it's been I'm, an hour, jeez. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing for you much. Like, honestly, like... You too, fella. Everything is just ahead of you. And no doubt the universe will uh, reunite us in some way, shape or form to do what we do best with one another. I've got a lot of love yeah. and a lot of time for you. And more than anything, and what's come out of this, is the amount of admiration and respect and just in a high regard of how I hold you, mate. So I love you a bit. Mwah, love you, brother. Safe in this time. And uh, when it's all done, come check me in Manchester, yeah? I've yes, I will. I'm here. I'm already, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> uh, here we are. Well, uh, you'll get thrown out for your dancing. And on that note, I'll see you. Uh, mate, stay cool, yeah? Take it easy. Bye. See you, Ben. Have a good one. You too. So there you are. That was uh, my little sister and the TV world anyway, Kerry Mall. Uh, a lot of love for her. She's incredible, incredible. Just ball of passion and energy that you've just seen in that chat. Amazing presenter. She's obviously taking a bit of a 
that's a fun lad to set up her own enterprise, producing videos and content. She's got a real cool, sharp eye with her editing and everything like that. So I love to catch up with her. Amazing. Right now, if you want to see the most cheekiest thing you'll see all day, is me cat in the sink. What are you doing, Sheila? No, you're not allowed in the sink. Come on. Oi. You doing? You doing? Anyway, I've got to sort my cat out. I've got to feed her. And I've got one more chat here on loose lips, which is going to be with my boy, Danny Matthews, the mayor of G-Town. So make sure you keep it locked. Come back for the final chat of the day. Thank you for everybody that stopped by and caught up with this episode of Loose Lips. I'm Ben Random. Peace and light to you and yours.